This morning, we're going to just uh, go into the second part, and I'm going to try to do this in 25 minutes this morning, so uh, pray for PC as, uh, as I bring you guys this message, and I really believe it's going to be a blessing to each of you guys. And uh, we're in this series that we started two weeks ago, all right? Last week, we had Pastor Joe here with us, but we're in the series that we started for the end of November and beginning of December called Beyond Blessed, all right? Beyond Blessed. And uh, we're closing out our year, you know, and it was important for me to bring us back to the vision that we started 2020. I think Marcela shared a very important word here today you know, of the nuggets that we could take out of 2020. And one of the things that we had said is that 2020 was going to be a year where we're going to put God first in our life, all right? First in every area of our life. And we actually, this was last year during this time, during this season, right before Thanksgiving. By the way, I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. How many of you guys had a great Thanksgiving? Amen. I want to thank you guys, church, for your generosity, all right, your generosity made it possible for many, many families to be blessed uh, with dinners, turkey dinners that we just gave away turkeys and people kept donating turkeys and we gave away some more turkeys and it was such, such a blessing, you know, and you guys make that possible because you guys have understood the concept that we're talking here of making God first in every area of our life and that includes our giving, all right, includes everything that we are, okay? When we talk about putting God first, first means first in everything, every area. Now, we are going to be talking a little bit about stewardship in this series, and we're going to talk a little bit about giving in this series, okay? And we're going to talk a little bit about our finances, all right, in this series, all right? By the way, next week, Pastor Kirk is going to be here with us, all right? One of my overseeing pastors, him and his wife, Violeta, they're going to be here next Sunday, so I know that that's going to be a blessing. It's going to be powerful, and he's going to give us a report of those five different hope centers and the girls that are getting blessed in all these places, also through your generosity. Amen. By the way, I got to let you know that I had told you a few weeks ago that I was going to write you a letter and let you know about the commitment that you have made. That will be going out this week. All right. It's been a little crazy because of the whole Thanksgiving festivities and all that. But that has to do with a commitment that some of us made as a church. Not all of us, because I know some of you guys have been joining during the year and other people might be watching that they don't even know what I'm talking about, all right? But we did make a financial commitment to give above our tithes for this year. It was going to do it be a 12-month thing. We extended that to June of next year because we don't want you to fall short of whatever commitment you made. I don't want to fall short of any commitment that I made, all right? So that's for you to uh, know that we are going to go at this in full swing. And today's message is called, Who is the Owner? Can you say that with me? Who is the owner? All right. Now, who is the owner, guys? Who do, you, who do you think is the owner? It's God. God is the owner. I was hearing this story of a person that was sharing me, sharing with me a book that they were reading. All right. And in this book, it compares people, all right, to cats or to dogs. All right. And I think it's a, a, a quite interesting. So how many of you guys like dogs? Raise your hand. Are dog lovers? 
All right, let's put it like a dog. You could just hug a dog and play with a dog, you know, and have the dog lick it. My daughter, Bella, she loves dogs. You know what I, she, 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 the other day saw a painting of dogs in heaven and she goes, I want that picture because I believe all dogs go to heaven, you know, that kind of stuff. All right, now, guys, do we have any cat lovers in the house? Cat lovers? Cat lovers? We have some cat, I'm a cat lover too. Okay, my wife and I, we like cats, all right? And uh, cats are cool. Well, this book or the story says that we are like either like dogs or like cats. All right. Who would like to be like a dog? All right. No, that's not the question. Harold, put your hand down, man. Harold's like, I'd like to be a dog. Put your hand. So listen to this. The comparison that this person was making is that if you have a cat, okay, I'm going to put it like this. I'm going to change it. If you have a dog and you feed the dog, the dog thinks that you are God and he worships you. If you have a dog and you feed that dog, that dog thinks that his owner is God and he worships you. If you have a cat and you feed the cat, that cat thinks that he's God and that you're worshiping him. The difference between cats and dogs. One thinks that is being worshipped. The other one thinks that the owner is the one to be worshipped. So the question that this book was asking, do you see yourself more like a dog or like a cat in your relation with God? Ooh, that's a good one. (laughs) Do you know that all the blessings that you get come from him so you worship him for it? Or do you think that you're God and you deserve everything that you got? That's it. Look at the silence that we got. You guys at home, I'm sure there's the same silence right now. Okay, so that story to say that God is the owner. God is God and God is first, all right? And the Bible talks and, he, and the Bible relates our financial resources, all right, and every area of our life as one of those instruments that we use to worship God, all right? So there's over 500 verses in the Bible on prayer, okay? There's about 500 verses on the Bible on faith, but there's over 2,000 verses on money and possessions in the Bible. Over 2,000 verses. Out of, listen to this, 38 parables that Jesus spoke, 16 of them had to do with possessions and money. And I asked this question two weeks ago. Is God or Jesus wanting to take your money or interested in your money? No. It has to do with what? With your heart. Because the Bible says that wherever your treasure is, your heart will be there also. So what is God after? In reality, he's after your heart. So in order to get your heart, you know what he asks you? For your treasure. All right? Now, Today, in today's lesson, when we talk about who is the owner, I want you to write these points down. Number one, number one, it all belongs to God. It all belongs to God. Psalm 24.1 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Everything belongs to God. Everything that there's on earth, all the people that they're on earth, the ones you like and the ones that you don't like, they belong to God. 
All right? Everything belongs to God. And I want you guys to go with me in your Bibles. This is a beautiful verse. Psalm 50. Go to Psalm 50 for a second. Psalm 50, verse 9 through 12. And you're going to see God showing off a little bit here. I love this scripture here. It says, But I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens. What is he talking about? Those were the things that were used to worship God back in the day. Those were the offerings that were given to God back in the day. And what God is saying here, if you're going to put this in our language, guy, in our language, God is saying, I don't need your offering. I don't need your money. He is saying, I don't need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pen, for all the animals of the forest are mine. And I own the cattle on a thousand hills. No, as you can look at a thousand hills, you see cattle. God says, that one's mine. <laughs> and that one there, that one's mine too. It says, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on, every, on the mountains. And all the animals of the field are mine. And listen to how he closes this. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For all the world is mine and everything in it. What God is saying is, hey, you don't need to do anything for me. I don't need you to serve me. I don't need you to give to me. Guys, everything is mine. If I was hungry, you wouldn't even know about it. Isn't that amazing? Isn't this amazing? So guys, listen, this is a revelation that we need to get. You need to understand, okay, that you can work for it. You can earn it. Your name could be on the deed to your house. And you're like, this is mine. Let me tell you, if you're a believer, you understand that even though the name is on, the name on the deed is your name, you really understand that that doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. Because even the cattle on a thousand hills and all the birds belong to him. Everything belongs to him. Now, it's beautiful because we get to enjoy what he sends us. How many of you guys have been blessed by God in 2020? Raise your hand. In the midst of the craziness. Like Marcela said, it was so powerful what she shared. All right? But I want you to know that even though we've been blessed, and maybe you've been blessed, you know, with material things, at the end of the day, it doesn't belong to you, and it does not belong to me. When God prompts us to share, we do not grieve the loss when God tells you, hey, that watch that you have in your wrist, I want you to give it to such and such person. Oh, my God, but that's my favorite watch. And you go and you cry about it. Ah, you have like a morning, you know, session for it. It never belonged to you. It was always his, all right? His principles of stewardship enables us to be generous. And that's the number one thing I want you guys to get from this Beyond Blessed series, all right? That his principles of stewardship enable us to be generous. You know that in my walk with God, there's been three times that the Lord has had me give away cars. Three cars that I've had and the Lord has had me give them away. And one of them, which was... I, I, I don't even know what to say. One of them, okay, it was a car that I paid for five years, all right? 
And I remember that we finished paying it off. You remember that? We were back there in that little room. We had just finished paying it off. And I was celebrating because it was going to be our first month without having to pay the car. How many of you guys have gone through something like that? And it's amazing. You finally say, okay, this car now belongs to me. It doesn't belong to the bank. Now it's mine. And I'm sitting back there and somebody comes and they had two children and they had gotten in an accident. They had lost their car and they were depending on rides from people. And the Lord says, uh, you know the car that you just finished paying off? And I'm like, yeah, I love it, man. I don't have to pay any more debt. Hey, I want you to give it to him. I was like, uh, what? I was like, uh, Lord, you know, you want me out of debt? Now I don't have a debt in this car. You know, we start to apply everything that we know. You know what I'm saying? I'm not in debt anymore, you know, I'm not, you know, now I'm free from this. And the Lord goes, exactly. Since you paid it off, now I can tell you what to do with it. Give it to him. And you know what I told my wife? The Lord is telling me I have to give this car to such and such person. She's, you know what she said? Call him in here quick before you change your mind. <laughs> so we called him in and we were like, hey, bro. Here are the keys to this car. I was giving him the keys, and I was like, ah! Now I'm going to have to go get another car. So I told the Lord, Lord, why did you wait for me to finish paying this thing off to give it away? You know what the Lord told me? Because they wouldn't have been able to afford it. But since you paid for it, and you completely paid, now you could give it to them. I was like, oh, so I took the brunt of the storm. <laughs> And now they get to be blessed. And the Lord says, now you're understanding generosity. Ooh. That's the way that God deals with me in a lot of these areas. So in the same way that God, okay, that people give and God blesses supernaturally. When you become a good steward, God blesses supernaturally. Okay, when you give, God blesses supernaturally. Now, when you become a good steward and you're a giver, oh, get ready for God to do some crazy, amazing things on your behalf. Because I believe that there's a supernatural, miraculous element from heaven on your finances when you're a giver and when you're a good steward. God does something. And I've been a testimony of that even here in this church. I've seen God do some crazy supernatural things. And now if you're there sitting or you're there at home and you think, man, you know, if I give this offering to God and I give this offering to church, I know he's going to bless me. Yes, he's going to bless you. Okay, God does reward those, okay, that give with the right heart. But when you say, I'm going to get my finances in order, let me tell you something. That God will bless you from places that you have never even seen. God will do things that you don't even know. So number one, you need to understand that God owns it all. Number two, write this down. Okay, number two. The first belongs to God. This is a biblical principle I want to teach you guys this morning. The first belongs to God. Exodus chapter 13. Verse 1 and 2, it says, Exodus 13, 1 and 2, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Dedicate to me every firstborn, here's firstborn son, among the Israelites, 
the firstborn offspring to be born, both of human and animals, belong to me. So if you were in Israel back in that time, the time of Moses, there was a law that the firstborn son or the firstborn male of every flock belonged to God. You had to give it to him. It was his. And I want you to notice who is saying this, all right? Because it says, then the Lord said to Moses. Who was the one saying it, church? The Lord. The Lord said to Moses. It was God who said it to Moses. And then on Exodus 23, real quick, Exodus 23, the first part of verse 19. Exodus 23, the first part of verse 19. It says, as you harvest your crops, bring the very best. That's a good word there. The very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. You see, God doesn't even say, bring me the best. He even says, no, bring me the best, and I'm going to tell you where you need to bring it. God doesn't leave things for us to choose a lot of times. For example, when Jesus was send, sending the disciples to preach, he goes, hey, go and preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And go and heal the sick. Jesus is telling him, hey, this is what I want you to preach. Here, God is saying, this is how I want you to give and where I want you to give to. You know, I remember, this hasn't happened in a while. Thanks God for Bobby Flay. How many of you guys know who Bobby Flay is? You know, the chef, you know, my wife loves to watch Bobby Flay on Sunday nights. And I sit there, and I didn't used to like it because I would see Bobby Flay. He comes on like at 9 o'clock at night, and I would see him cooking all these things, and I would get so hungry watching him. I was like, why don't they put this thing at 12 at noon? You know what I'm saying? They put it at 9 o'clock at night. Now I'm going to want to go get something to eat, you know? But before Bobby Flay, my wife would start watching like programs like a World Vision and stuff like that. And I would come into the living room, I'm like, babe, what are you doing? She's like, they're crying and all these things. I'm like, babe, what's going on? Look at these kids. They're dying. We got to send money to them. We got to do this. We got to do that. And I, man, on Sunday nights after preaching and everything, I'm still de decompressing, you know, from everything. I'm like, babe, can you just, you know, there's a football game going on. Can we put like, and she's like, no, 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 let's watch these kids. I'm like, they're like seeing all these things. And a lot of us will see things like that and it will touch our emotions and we're like, man, we, 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 got, we got to give there. And it's fine if you give there, but let me tell you something. You don't give your tithe there. You could send an offering there, but you don't give your tithe there. Because God says that the first fruits of what you've got and what do you do? It says you bring it to the house of the Lord your God. Now, some people here might be watching and say, but pastor, that was under the law of Moses. I've heard that. People have said that was the law of Moses and you don't need to do that in Christ anymore, in the new covenant, you know. Well, you know that people were bringing their first to God even before the law of Moses was established? Actually, 2,500 years before Moses there's a story in the Bible about Cain and Abel, 2,500 years before the law of Moses. 
So it wasn't a law written by men. It was something that God had placed in the hearts of people. In Genesis chapter 4, come with me there real quick, verse 3 to 5. It says, And when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the first lambs from his flock. And the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gifts. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. So Cain, guys, presented some of his crops to the Lord. Some of his crops. That's like, you know, a lot of us come from, you know, the Catholic Church. And Catholic Church, they don't pick up tithes and offerings. It's usually, you know, alms. So what you do is at the moment that the plate passes by, what you do is that you reach into your pocket, and if you have a couple of coins, that's what you drop in the pocket. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the way that it is. So that's what Cain did. Cain is like, well, I got some fruits here and some stuff. Ah, Let me just pick a few of them and just give it to God. And the Bible says that God did not receive what Cain was doing. He didn't like it. He did not honor that. Because Cain's mentality towards God, pay attention, Cain's mentality towards God, okay, was the same mentality that you and I would have if we see a homeless knocking in the window of our car down the street. Let me give God whatever I have to spare. God does not want what we have to spare. If you're going to give God the spare, God says, just keep it. I don't need it. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. Just keep it. Because this shows the condition of the heart. Cain was giving God the spare. Whatever he didn't need, let me just pick a few. Now, Abel also brought gifts. The best portion of the firstborn lambs. Abel's mentality towards God was that God deserved the first and the best. That was his mentality. God deserves the first and the best. It was not a leftover mentality. It was not, well, let's see what I have left over. So the first belongs to God. And the third point, we're going to hit tithing. Okay, this is important. Number three, write this down. The tithe belongs to God. Now, the word tithe, a lot of people don't understand what that is because that's a Hebrew word. And the word tithe means a tenth. It means tenth. And today, we still bring 10%, all right, of our income, of our tithe, we bring it to God. So now, I have a question, church, and you guys at home, I have a question that I want to pose to all of you guys here. Okay, is the tithe any part of our money as long as it's 10%? Is it any part of our money as long as the first... As long as it's 10%. I'm going to give you this example. I used this example some years ago. Some of you guys weren't even around when I used this example. So I want to, I have some bills here in my pocket. All right. So I have 10 $1 bills. All right. And let's say that I get these $10 bills and I put them here on the pulpit. One, two, three. That one's about to fly away. Four, five, six. Feel like I'm playing Monopoly here at church. Seven, eight, I need to put them closer. Eight, let's stick this one in here. 
Okay, now we have nine bills on the pulpit and then ten. Okay, ten one-dollar bills. How much is this, guys? Mathematicians? Ten dollars. Very good. Some of you guys look confused, all right? <laughs> all right. Have ten one-dollar bills up here. You guys at home, ten one-dollar bills. Okay, so I just got paid. I got ten dollars. Okay, which one of these is the tithe? Which one is the tithe? The first one. What do I do with the first one? I give it to who? I give it to the Lord. Through what? Through my local church. Okay, I can't throw the money. Okay, Lord, here you go. That's like the guy that threw up all the money and says, Lord, whatever I throw up is yours. Whatever comes down is mine. You know? <laughs> well, everything's coming down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Lord, you didn't catch anything? No. <laughs> I remember when my kids were little and we would do their birthdays in Chuck E. Cheese that you go inside this thing and there's air and the tickets are going everywhere and you're like trying to get some. You know, some of you guys, no, you guys don't know what I'm talking about. The parents, the young parents know what I'm talking about. So the first is the tithe. Okay, why is that important? Okay, because the tithe is the first part, the first percentage, okay, of our increase. Whatever you increase by every week, every two weeks, every month, the first 10% belongs to God. Listen, you don't get to give the tithe. This is important, guys. Worship team, you guys could come up. You don't give the tithe because you cannot give something that does not belong to you. You bring the tithe. Listen to what I'm saying. You don't give the tithe. I'm going to give tithes to God. No, you give offerings to God. The tithe you bring to God. Let me pick up my bills. I see you guys come. Pastor, I'll move your pulpit today. Now, I need this for the second service. Put these money away. Some of you guys are like, I know you. I want to close this point, all right? And it's interesting, all right, because when the children of Israel were going into the promised land, they were going to start conquering all these cities and all these little nations that were there. The first one that they were going to encounter on the way was a city called Jericho. Now, I've gone to the Holy, Holy Land a few times, and I've been where Jericho used to stand. The city of Jericho was the first one that they were going to conquer on the way to many other cities to conquer. And you know what the Bible says? You can read that in Joshua chapter 7. I don't have time to go into it. But Joshua chapter 7 says, everything that you take from Jericho, all the animals, all the silver, all the gold, everything that you take from Jericho, do not take for yourselves. It belongs to me. You give it to the priest. They're going to take care of that. And you know what happened? A guy named Achan decided to take for himself some of the things that were dedicated to God because they belonged to the Lord. And he decided to hide him under his tent. And when they went to fight against the next city that it was called Ai, A-I-I, all right, you know what happened? It was a much smaller nation than Jericho. And you know what happened to the children of Israel? They got wiped out. So Joshua goes to the Lord and he goes, Lord, what happened? Why did we get destroyed by this small army when we just defeated these, this amazing nation? 
And the Lord tells him, because somebody in your camp took what belonged to me. One person made the whole nation fail when they took something that belonged to the Lord. Because that was the first nation on the way to all the other nations that we're going to conquer. And the Lord says, whatever you get from those, those belong to you. But this one, this one belongs to me. That was that principle of what? Of the tithe. And I, I, you know, as I think about this and as we close this morning, I tell the Lord, Lord, why 10%? And you know why? It's simple. Because tithe, 10%, is the same for everybody in this room. It doesn't matter if you make $1,000 or $5,000, 10% is 10%. It's not an amount. It's a percentage of what you make. And the, God, the Lord says, the first portion, that one's mine. You know, I want to close with a joke because I know that we're talking about money. And, you know, a lot of us like, man, that money thing, Pastor. You know, Christmas, you know, we're getting to December. Santa Claus, Pastor. No, talking about finances, stewardship. <laughs> you guys have probably heard me say this, but this guy, you know, he was faithful with his giving. He would go to church. He had a job. You know, and he started making $500 every two weeks. And he would come to church faithfully and give to the Lord $50, first 50 every Sunday. Then he increased in his work. He started making $2,000. And it started to become harder to give the tithe. He goes, all right, when I, you know, when I had to give 50, it was sort of easy. But now giving 200, you know, it's a little harder. But he would come and bring his tithe to the Lord. Well, this guy really started to increase in his job, you know. And all of a sudden, he started to make larger amounts. He started to make $10,000 a month. And when he started doing his math, he was like, man, my tithe is $1,000. So he goes to the prayer line at the end of the service. He goes, Pastor, I need prayer. He goes, Pastor, yeah, what do you need? He goes, man, when I was making $500, I was bringing $50 without any problem to God. But now I'm making $10,000. And you don't know how hard it is for me to bring $1,000 every time that I get paid. Pastor, can you pray for me? And the pastor goes, close your eyes. We're going to pray. And the guy closes his eyes. And the pastor says, Lord, this dear brother right here is having a hard time giving his tithe from $10,000. Please take him back to his $500 job so that he can give the $50 with gladness of heart. And the guy opened his eyes like, Pastor, I don't want that prayer. He goes, all right, so give what belongs to God. I don't want to pray for anybody. All right, Lord, just take him back to his original job, you know. But that's the way that it is. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at this morning. What are we talking about today? Who is the owner? Who is the owner? There with your eyes closed. We close this beautiful service this morning. You guys at home, do this a second. Just close your eyes. The Holy Spirit is right there where you're at. And I want to encourage you to step out in faith and put God first in your finances. Be generous and be a good steward. And manage those two things with wisdom. It all belongs to him. It belongs to the Lord. When I say this, guys, when I say this, I don't say it because I'm the pastor and I want you to bring the money to church. 
yeah, that's great that we could get to increase here and do different things and bless different missions and all that. But at the end of the day, guys, at the end of the day, I know that you're going to walk with God at a different level. If you learn to be generous, if you learn to be a good steward, God will do amazing things. So I just want you right there where you're at to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you showing me with this? What do you want to tell me? Is there any area that I'm still being tight about? Am I still having a struggle with this whole thing? And as we sing, I want you to let the Holy Spirit just take a moment right there where you're at.